Nolan, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Ty? How's it going? Good. You look like you're in a jungle there with that tree behind you. Yeah. What's going on with that? <laughs> Way to spruce up your, uh, is that your downstairs? <laughs> yeah, this is the basement. I, I think I'm sitting in the same spot as last time. Oh, are you? Nice. I, I, I like the tree. This is good. Well, man, I can't believe it's been 10 months since you and I spoke. I remember that the time I put the episode out, I got so many messages and, and pings from people saying, dude, you got to get Nolan back on. Like that was one of the best interviews I've ever done. It, 10 months later, you're finally on. Probably your fault more than mine though. Um, yeah, I would say it's, <laughs> it's def definitely my fault. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard to track me down sometimes. And then um, I don't follow through sometimes on some of these card podcasts. So um, it is nice to be back on though and uh, talk about the hobby again. Well, thanks for, thanks for jumping on. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you and I are both diehard KC fans. I mean, is he going to win MVP and is Kansas City going to win Super Bowl? Uh, I think he'll probably win MVP, but I, I, don't, I don't think the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl this year. Really? Who's your pick right now? Um, honestly, I've, there's, there's a lot of teams that are up there right now, but I, I – I think the Chiefs will probably fall short. They'll probably make it to the to the conference championship, which okay. which is another good season. But it's 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 tough to go, you know, all the way. There's, yeah. there's, there's some teams that have come around, like the the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl or even the conference championship. But they've they've had a good start. Yeah. Who, who do you think? Um, I like Buffalo. If if Josh Allen's healthy, I really like Buffalo. Yeah, I want to say Bucks and Packers, but <laughs> it looks yeah. really bad. I, I just have a lot of Brady and Rodgers cards, so that's why I'm saying that, but it's not really probably going to happen. Isn't it sad? It's kind of like fancy football, right? I, I've invested, invested. I've, I've put a lot of money into guys that I like a lot, like Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. I'm rooting for the Packers solely because of that reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Chiefs are going to be all right, though. I think Chiefs are going to be all right. It's fun work. It's very fun rooting for Patrick Mahomes as a homer. Nothing special about that. They'll be uh, twelve and five or thirteen and four, and they'll probably get like the two seed or something. Yeah, yeah, that that would be a great season. You're right. You're right. Are you? Uh, you know, a lot of times in the hobby, it's like, what's the rookie class doing, and that dictates how good pr products are doing. Do you feel like because the rookie class has been so bad this year in football that it's it's lost it's lost a little of the luster with investing? Totally, in totally. You know, yeah. I've seen the the uh, prices on 2022 products and uh, products that are, that are coming out like uh, certified. I think those are going for what 300 or less, which, you know, back in the day, that would have been a, a, a great price. You know, back in the day when products like that, when that came out, they were like 70 to 90, but in this new hobby state um, where like 2020 certified is about $700 a box, 2021 is about 450. Um, there's just not a lot of hype for 2022. It's basically because I, I don't think any of the, most collectors don't don't see any quarterbacks that are going to be absolute stars. It, it, you know what? I think 2022 class makes me think of the 2013 class, the class with mm. Gino and EJ Manuel and Tyler Wilson. That that's the that's what I think of when I think of 2022. Yeah. So as a, a person that buys wax and holds it for a while, I haven't thought once about <laughs> buying 2022 product. I mean, if, if it dips lower. Maybe I'll pick up some, but I don't really see any long-term gains in 2022. Watch, watch in five years, it'll be like tripled. <laughs> I'm just saying that now. You know, I I don't see the upside in 2022 wax right now. Yeah. 
You know, there yeah. are some good players. There's decent players, but for Wax to, you know, go up. Yeah. Go up a lot. You got to have star quarterbacks, the people that are going to be stars. 2018, you got Josh Allen. 2017, you got Pat Mahomes. Oh, 2018, you got uh, Lamar Jackson, too. So it yeah. just that you just don't have any, you don't have anything unless you think uh, Willis and Pickett are going to be stars, but I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I definitely don't see it. Malik Willis, my goodness. That dude looks like he doesn't belong in the NFL field. Yeah, uh, he's, he's rough. Yeah, he's rough. Um, it's, it's crazy to think that the Black Friday sales we see this year might actually include current year product. Like you're going to see 2022 football on Black Friday giveaways. Yeah, it's kind of an ode to the past of things, things were back in the day. The, uh, you know, the 2020 to 2022, things went crazy. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw the prices. They hit all-time highs. And now a lot of cards, have, we were talking about this before we did the, the podcast, yeah, a lot of cards have fallen anywhere from fifty percent to even like eighty-five, and I, I think some are close, like ninety percent drops. So um, it's yeah. just a different. It's a different state in the hobby, and it's it's made it tougher to grade, tougher to sell, and uh, better for collectors. That's 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 kind of how I see it right now. Uh, that's an amazing segue. So yeah, we were talking about this before we we, we went live. Last time we spoke, January, we were kind of tailing off the peak. I feel like very close to the peak. Uh, we were starting to see things change a little bit. How are people that started in the hobby in 2020, how are, are they even still around? Is it possible for them to be around if they got in at some of those prices? I mean, so, like okay. So yeah, 2020. So, um, the, the pandemic, I think they started March, 2020. And mm-hmm. I, that's when they were uh, sending out checks. I don't know how often they were doing it, but $1,200 here and there people were stuck at home. Sports were off, right? So they had an yeah. extra hundred dollars to buy a box or buy some singles. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, obviously a lot of people came into the hobby. I'm sure that there were some people coming into the hobby that were just in it to, to pump it, pump and dump, right? Yeah. There, there had to be pump and dumpers to get the prices up that high. I think uh Jordan's rookie was seven hundred and fifty thousand, right? Then it's not that high. I mean, yeah, I I look at prices and I check the the highs for the last year or two. And I see what some cards were selling for. And I'm like, I don't remember that. And <laughs> I should have unloaded everything. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe, but it's impossible. You know, the thing about the hobby is there's, there's no way to see the future. So you can't get yeah. up that much because if, if you, if, I think we talked about this last time, if you could see yeah. the future, it, it wouldn't be any fun because you would know when to buy and sell. Yeah. The fun of it is not knowing. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. I, and I, uh, I wouldn't want to know the future either. It, it would strip all the fun away. And you're, so, I mean, are you seeing, you're, you're pretty well connected. You, you hear, you see your comments, you, you've done reveal videos and you've been in the hobby a long time. I mean, what's kind of the vibe that you feel? What's the shift that's taken place? Are the pumpers and dumpers out? Are the investors out? Are we back to where we were three years ago? I think we're still higher than 2019. You know, I, I think yeah. the, the market's still higher than then, but obviously it's way lower than 2020 to uh, probably at the end of 2021 is kind of when stuff started going down. I think early 2022, you started seeing the market drop off. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think the hobby's in a better state than the end of 2019. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of cards are still higher now than the end of 2019. That, that's all I'm saying with that. But yeah, um, yeah I would say a, a lot of those guys dropped off. I mean, they, when, when you buy it to highs and you get out and lose, lose your ass and you're probably going to find something else to do and 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's reality. I mean, so why do you say then we're in a better spot than 2019? Do you think it's just because we do have more faces? We do have more exposure in the hobby now? Like people are aware of it more than they were? Yeah, you know, there's the the amount of channels that have uh, sprung up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. 2019, I mean, if, if you did a comparison, I'm sure it's, it's crazy. Be mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah, back in 2010 when I started my channel, honestly, there was maybe 10 channels that I, I could find that were doing cars. I talked about this last time. It was just weird that set up a camera and film yourself yeah looking at cards or showing i was when i was doing it i i said this is weird but i'm going to just post it and see what happens and i got like 10 or 20 views yeah and, uh there just weren't weren't a lot of channels and i just started showing a PS, psa reveal and <laughs> some people liked it so um but but now you have everybody doing it you have everybody doing their becker well i don't really see any becker uh, <laughs> shouldn't have said that but there's a lot you know there's a lot of psa and sp yeah. definitely gotten stronger um csd i don't know if they're still open i'm just making a joke (laughs) (laughs) they they have a weak market don't they you know it's it's getting better honestly i mean i'm not a csg guy at all i'm not a csg guy but it it is getting better they're like the guys that come to the party at 1 30 when everybody's already drank and had fun i think they're just i think they're just too late like they they i think they're part of the pandemic rush you know there were all the collectors and they're the grading company that wanted to cash in and i don't know how they're doing they're probably doing pretty well but um i just never saw them as a long-term viable company because i when i i i like companies that have been around for a while I like companies that have shown that they're yep. if they've been in business they're established they've graded top-notch cards um psa's done it um <laughs> how well we'll talk about that later SVCs, you know, they've had their own problems, but they've come around, come around and become pretty strong in terms of honesty and um, yeah. being consistent. And that's as a collector, that's what I love. As an investor, some people, you know, you go to PSA because their cards sell for 30, 40% more. Yeah. In certain circumstances. Yeah. No, those are good points. I, if CSG, didn't have that relationship with eBay. I don't even think we we would even know the acronym, honestly. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm I'm, and I've, I, I, I think I, I thought about them one time, and I was just like, I just, I mean, they have a de- they have a decent looking slab. They yeah. fixed their label. It looks better. They've got the uh, the uh, hologram on the back. It it looks pretty good, but I just don't see them as a, a viable company for for me. And there's people that might use them and do well with them, but uh, for me, I don't see a point in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say about, you know, I was just at the Toronto Expo, Sports Card Expo, and Tag is big up there. Tag because of Jeremy Lee and Sports Card Live and that whole world. And their their whole mantra is AI grading. Like they take the people out of it. And you could probably speak to this with mo- the most conviction being that you grade so many cards through PSA and SGC. Is AI where we need to be with grading? Do, do you believe that or should it remain in the hands of a person? Um, AI, <laughs> AI, that, that's, that's a, that's a pretty loaded question. Um, yeah. AI grading would be fantastic if they could, if they could uh, figure out a way for it to work consistently. But the, the thing about that is so many different sets have so many different textures, thickness, edge problems, and there's nuances in these sets that I just, I don't think a computer is ever going to be able to pick up certain things. I think there's yeah. something um, about the, uh, the, the 
the naked eye that can pick up some things that the computer can't. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just feel like I've, I've seen so many different sets in my career that it would be hard for a computer to accurately do the job. And that that's my, you know, that's, that's yeah. how I feel about that. But if, mm. if you could get a, that system down and it could be consistent, accurate, great, you're, there's, the card you send in is going to always get the grade that it should get. There should be any, any crap going on. Cards that are tens should be tens. You shouldn't get nines. Um, vice versa, cards that are nines yeah. should be tens. And that's something we can talk about too, because that's crazy. Yeah. Part of the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think like guys like you and and even me to some extent. Uh, I mean, you have a great eye. You know exactly what a card should grade and when you send it in, you expect that grade. So if they could get AI grading to the point where you're getting your eye can be rewarded. I think that's an amazing thing, but you know, I was at, but I was at a booth, multiple booths and they had tag cards lined up, you know, for sale and the the slabs themselves look really great, but it was like seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, six and a half, because like the computer thinks everything's wrong. And it's like, why would that's the problem? It's there's a company that was doing that too. Right. Or saying they were doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. HGA, right? HGA. Are they yeah. still around? Right. Exactly. I mean, I think they are, technically. Are I mean, te- technically yeah. they are, I think. But yeah. um, they were saying they were doing that, and I don't know if they if they, they were. But, yeah, the, the computers, um, there's a uh, – companies have had an established system. You know, this is a 9, this is a 10, and you've seen the cards in the slabs. You, if, if, if you've done it long enough – you should know what a 10 should look like, you know, what a nine should look like. I don't know if the computer has that, has that in their brain. Well, they don't have a brain, but I don't think they have that stored. You know, they don't know like uh, what a Griffey 89 glossy 10 should look like. I don't know if they, yeah. if they truly know the top to bottom, the side to side that that's the problem with the uh, AI grading. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And in many times in your videos, you're 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 pulling up stuff that you've graded many times, like all your Calvin Johnsons. You talk about the chipping on this card. I know I'm gonna get an eight and a half, where you know, I don't care how good a grading company is, I don't want to tag seven and a half. I'd rather go get right. a PSA nine and it might be graded wrong. I don't want to tag seven and a half, although it's accurate. Like that, you can keep it. I'll, I'll stick with my right, right. At, at, at some point you don't even want that. Yeah doesn't have any any value really yeah do you think psa just finally figures out ai grading and slowly incorporates it that's how we get integration of ai into the into the hobby you think that's the only way that that works well they've got the capital and the yeah the resources to where they would be the company i think that would try to push it forward yeah but actual true ai grading where the computer is making all the decisions i don't know if that will ever happen in the hobby yeah i think there will always be a guy that you know you you (laughs) think of sitting there with his glasses pissed off because something happened in his life and he's giving you crappy grades and you know you're like what's wrong with this guy <laughs> they just need to hire alan iverson at psa and be like we finally have ai grading right, like, right. don't even that's say anything else <laughs> just you know I, I was thinking of some guy like sitting in the office his wife just left him he's pissed off he's going through your cards throwing eights and sevens on him corners are getting dinged <laughs> But I've, I've been doing this so long, yeah, and sent so many orders in that I've just seen it all. Really, you know, I mean, I 2010 is when I sent my first order off, and 
since then I've been doing it nonstop and it hasn't been 10 cards. It's been 200, 500, 500 again. And I don't really do 500 anymore because it's not viable. That's something yeah. to talk about too. Um, yeah. With uh, grading costs and the market, the, the current market state for the, so for the cards I like to grade at that low $7 price point. It doesn't make any sense to grade those anymore because um, you're going to pay 15, 17 bucks a card. Even if you get a 10, the card might be 25 bucks. If you get a nine, it's worth seven, eight bucks. I don't really see the, the point in doing that anymore. You know, yeah. during the pandemic, seven, eight bucks, cards a nine, it's 20 bucks. Cards a 10, it's 70 bucks. And that was happening all the time with like junk wax, but can't, can't do that anymore. I mean, there's still some value in the uh, junk wax sets. Um, tents, some tens sell for 40, 50 bucks, but it's, yeah. it's, it's just not viable. You know, it, it was fun, but it's not worth the time or effort anymore because um it's just fees are higher and the market's lower that's not a, a a winning combination when you send it in bulk yeah well so how are you kind of balancing that out now that you you've seen the market adjust and where we're yeah, at now so i don't open any of the junk wax anymore really i might open up a box set you know i, I gotta have yeah. my 89 tops traded baseball sets gotta get that fix fix in to pull the griffey and send it off and and uh i get my nine but <laughs> i uh you know when i'm when i'm buying cards now i'm buying cards that are more uh higher value you know cards yeah. that are, I'm, I'm not buying cards at like a dollar or two dollars and send them in hoping for tens to maybe be a 60 dollar card because you can't really do that anymore so i mean all the cards i buy raw are at least like 20 bucks now you know back yeah. before i was just you know, I, I would buy anything, bargain, $5 card, $2 card. Now it's $20 card, $500 card, $100 card, $250 card, $1,000 card. It's just higher, you know. I've, the uh, market's dropped and grading's higher. So I've been going after cards that are more expensive, more valuable to try to create value for my uh, submissions. But I, I I think it's gotten it's gotten really hard the last six months truthfully to to find good deals on cards and, and add value through grading that's what's become difficult uh, yeah I, I think value through grading is lower than it's been in a long time honestly really uh, yeah sending cards in and uh you know if you send a psa you might get you don't know if you're going to get accurate grades and then you're going to get uh upcharged on certain cards um so that's that's another aspect. A lot of orders are getting <laughs> slammed with extra fees, and yeah, you know, it's it's expensive. I think to grade a card with a declared value under a thousand with PSA, that's economy, right? I think yep. it's forty five bucks a card or fifty. Fifty, it's fifty a card. Okay, it's fifty a card. Yep. So I mean, back I don't know th three years ago, that service was about fourteen, fifteen bucks. So it's it's tripled. Yeah. And the market's about the same on a lot of those cards. So you, you can kind of do the math there. Yeah. And if, if you're getting eights, then you're not, you're in, in, in the current market. If you're getting eights on cards like that, you probably, you're probably a small loser now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. It, it's yeah. The, uh, mm -hmm. It came out are, funny. Small. You're a small loser. I like that. But yeah. You're not, well, you're break even maybe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah things have changed so i mean being that you i guess i have so many questions here on that because you have such a good eye where 
10 years ago, it was easy because you, you could find stuff and you knew, you knew like it was going to grade well and the cost to grade was cheap. Now grading has become normal in the hobby. So for you to pick out cards, it's become harder. They're cherry picked because everyone grades stuff now. Are you looking for stuff that's not graded or are you looking for stuff that you can crack out of cases to submit? Uh, kind of where are you finding value? Yeah, actually, I, I got an order back from PSA like last month. It was graded so it was graded so wrong that I snapped like thirty cards out and my hand was sore the next day. <laughs> I had a snapper's elbow, but uh, <laughs> honestly, um, yeah, I'll I'll because there's so much inconsistency in grading that I'll definitely buy a card, you know, like fake fake back at nine fives and just kind of take a look at it. You you can't see every aspect when the card's in the holder. That's why a crossover yeah. is invalid you can't tilt the surface and see that any surface imperfections you just can't let that plastic over it yeah but you you, you can get a great uh feel for the type of condition and you know what what the card's going to grade with psa or sgc and just kind of take your shots there you know i know there's people that snap out bgs 95 fakes and trues and send them to psa and hope for psa 10s and it, it works often um yeah is it viable long term maybe probably you know if, if you do it enough um, you're going to get some random sevens and eights though. <laughs> right. I can guarantee that. Yeah. How are you in terms of the, um, the way cards are being graded? I mean, your last few videos, it just, your comments are hilarious to me because you've gotten screwed on some, obviously gotten screwed. Are you noticing a pattern with the way cards are graded? Like the inconsistencies, is that a thing now? Or are you getting less tens? I don't know if you run the metrics and all that stuff, but not a, I don't ever run the metrics because I okay. grade so much. I don't feel like looking into that. And, yeah. Um, when you have different graders grading every order, I don't think it really means much. Yeah, that's true. If you, if you have true. the same grader grading your cards every time, you can kind of get a better feel for them as a grader. But if PSA is throwing in a guy that's brand new on the floor and doesn't mm -hmm. know junk wax, and you know you're you're going to get inconsistent grades. And uh, I think part of it is you know the back when I started grading, it was more of just for fun. And the, the hobby was a good business, but it wasn't like, it wasn't crazy. Like, it, you know, like, like how things became. Yeah. And uh, I don't think PSA was as strict with, with some of their grades. And I, I, I also think on certain cards, they will grade them tougher. Like the, like the uh, 1980 Ricky Henderson rookie has mm -hmm. a rate of, I don't know, it's like 0 .00 something percent and every other card in the set's way way easier to get a 10 so I, I think certain cards are harder to get tens like big cards are hard to get tens you know like they're going to find any flaw to take a take it down to a nine yeah yeah it's funny you say because i i opened a 1986 traded tiffany sealed set a oh, few nice. weeks back and i mean they were beautiful when they came out and i and i recorded all this thinking okay man these these are going to be like nines and tens sevens sevens wow sevens yeah i got i got one eight out of the set but it's just like man i don't know what you can do i don't know how you can do this any better where psa yeah yeah that's that's gonna happen <laughs> um yeah that it's gonna be tough to get a 10 on that bonds if i mean even if the card's perfect it's, it's gonna get yeah better, probably yeah but uh yeah that that's what's fun like to me like breaking up an breaking up an 86 tiffany set and just coming across a card that's that, that's a gem card i think when you when you come across a card that's, 
that's a gem card and you put the work in and spent the money, you should just get a 10. I mean, there shouldn't yeah. be any, anything about it. And that's the most frustrating thing about the hobby to me. Putting in the work, you're grinding, and you're just not getting the payoff for, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, I agree. Then you then you go online and you buy a 10 of a Tiffany Bonds and it's off-centered with a white corner on the back. <laughs> I mean, that's, to me, that's very frustrating. When I, yeah. I've, I've, I have a list. I think I told you last time. I have a list of hundreds of cards that I've sold that, to me, they, they, they might have been graded a nine. I thought they were an eight. If cards a ten, it's an eight and a half. And yeah. I just sell it. I note it so I don't ever buy it again. <laughs> it's called the uh, flawed card list. And uh, it's, just, it's just a list for me. To, if I'm buying cards for my PC, I don't want a card that's in a ten holder that's like an eight. I just I don't see how that's good for a collector. If you're an investor, you don't care because you just want the the uh, label. How much would it cost to get a copy of that flawed card list? Oh, I don't know. I might I might uh, run some copies. Uh, run them on eBay. <laughs> I don't know. If yeah, there that. you go. Let's start a bidding war in the comments. Let us know if you want to bid on uh, Nolan's oh, yeah, flawed well, card list. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be a high bidder for sure. Um, so how do you then decide on sending stuff to SGC? And, and I'm a big SGC advocate because I feel like they grade accurately. They right, right. The service so, is crazy. Okay. Cards like like you were just talking about, the, the 86 yep. Tiffany, th those would be cards I'd probably send to SGC because I feel like I'm going to get an honest grade uh, no matter what, right? Yeah. So cards like that or cards like if there's um, there's certain sets that I'll be more prone to send to SGC because I feel like I'm going to get a fair um, uh, look at them. Um, yeah, older cards, you know, 80s cards, classic rookies, Tiffany cards, like you were talking about. Um, yeah. here, I'll, I'll actually show one since I have it on hand. Oh boy, cards like this. This Beautiful. is the glossy, glossy. Rookie. and it's the card that I, you know, I, I had it looked over. I, I saw every aspect of it the top to bottom, the right to left. It doesn't have that print line across the front, right? And the back has hardly any white you're always going to have a little bit of white on glossy because i'm fleer 89 the way it's cut but this is a, a great example this is a 10 card and i sent it to sgc and got a 10 and that to me that's awesome um if i snap that and send it to psa it would come back in nine i'm pretty sure and that's that's not fair yeah <laughs> that's not the way it should be like this card's a 10 it's in 10 condition so 10 grade please yeah yeah that that exactly i'm with you so how is, and I want to see some more of your cards. I got some cards out here too. We're going to show, um, how is your mindset shifted from PSA to SGC? For instance, are you, you know, probably don't have percentages in front of you. Have you started to shift more of your stuff to SGC because of that? Even though values might be a little off non vintage. No, I, I mean, I've, I've been sending about a hundred cards at a time to SGC. Okay. And then, uh, PSA, I, I just sent off 150 last week, and I'm prepping another one for PSA with oh, like the, okay. $15, the $15 thing. Yeah. That is decent value at this at current market conditions. Um, SGC, uh, I mean, that it's it's probably split right now. You know, of, of wow. course, like the the uh, higher end cards, I'm going to let PSA take a look at them first. But I don't have to if I don't like the grade. I don't think it's fair. I'll just snap it out and send it to Boca. I always say that in my videos. <laughs> Send it down to Boca to get it. You know, I always call it a uh, second opinion. You know, like a grade that PSA puts on it is that the actual final grade. My yeah. opinion is that the actual final grade. SGC, they're all just opinions based on experience. Yeah. Um, 
with certain sets and mood too. Yeah. <laughs> I think a greater in a bad mood. I mean, it's, it's gotta be true. If you were doing that all day and something happened, like your, your car broke down or something and you're looking at the same pile of, um, tops update. Soto, you probably start to get frustrated. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'm a pretty honest guy and I know I would do that. I know I'd have yeah. a bad day and be like, yeah, screw it. I don't want to look at another US 300 soda. Please, bro. <laughs> We're 30,000 deep in this. I can't look at another one. You know that yeah. car is like 50 bucks? Is is it even 50? I mean, I know it's dropped so it's much. 50 and a 10. It used to be 50 raw. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Peaked around yeah. 400. So it's down Gosh. 80%, right? Yeah, that's insane. Um, by the way, for folks that don't know, when you said snap and send to Boca, that's Boca Raton, right? It's Florida. It's SGC's headquarters. Um, that's hilarious. I'm going to use that if you love me. Snap and send to Boca. I, I, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah, I, I, I talked to Pete, too, and we're going to do a podcast soon. So Are you? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Man, you were the perfect guy to be with him. Cool. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. We On the Chasing Cardboard stuff, we'll, we'll – su- submit some of the vintage to SGC. I'd say 80% of our stuff, to, maybe 90% of our stuff to SGC. And people are always like, why would you do that? You're not maximizing your value. And I'm like, have you ever actually that's run not, the number on vintage? It's actually, I mean, it's true. neck and neck. Neck and neck. And if you're getting accurate grades on cards, you know, if you're getting a seven from SGC and a five from PSA, you're you're doing so much better with SGC. Um, if you're yeah. confident in your condition. And I mean, yeah, there's, People always say that, like, you're not maximizing your value, send a PSA. And I, I get part of that argument. But if you're sending to SGC and you're getting your cards back in a week and you're waiting five months at PSA, you're doing there you so much more volume. That yep. uh, I, I, I think both companies can be viable. I, don't, yep. I, I think when you get too stuck on one, I think that's when you get in trouble because it's nice to have an, a different set of eyes on a card for certain sets and stuff. And I, I think yeah. – for me, PSA, SGC are the companies that I'm going to use, and I've had good experiences with them for the most part. But uh, I don't feel like adding a third company into the mix. Yeah, I hear you. you. You and I think very much the same way in that regard. Let's, let's show a few cards before we start talking about some buying and selling strategies. What what do you what did you pull out that you wanted to rub uh, in my face? These these were the uh, oh the man collections. So these it's were, a legacy collection, right? Yeah, that's the uh, row three. Okay. And uh, it's got glare, but this is the, the uh, row one grace. Oh, man. So these were both PSA eights, and I just didn't understand it because I, I thought they were nines because I didn't see they had like minor surface scratches, but weren't bad at all. And the corners and edges were sharp. So I thought they were nines all day long and they came back eights. So I just wanted a second opinion on those ones. Um, oh, this is the cool one. This is the Moss Atomic. Oh, the, man. Uh, 98 Bowman's best. First time I've ever, first time I've ever shown a Moss card, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, right, exactly. What's uh, those aren't numbered, right? But this, this out of a hundred. That's out of a hundred. Okay. His tops. Uh, uh, forgot to number some. Let me show a few more. So this, yeah, people are probably down on this. I've got a lot of this one, but this is the ultimate collection, uh, Rogers. That's uh. <sighs> I used to buy these all up back in like 2012, I want to say. They were about two, $300. Um, there's the Pujols, the SPX. Oh, man. 
That looks good. Should have sold this about a month and a half ago. I was going to say, yeah. You... <laughs> Truth be told, I'm, I missed the boat again. Uh, <laughs> this is in the store now. That's the uh, gold refractor just as we're landing. Oh, dang. Is that a nine or an eight? I can't. Oh, it's a nine. It's nine. just a nine. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people are in the hobby. If it's not a 10, they don't want it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. This is great. His, his stuff's down like 70%, but, you know, I've collected Breeze for a while. This is the platinum, platinum. The 25. These don't come up very often. Yeah, did you grade that one, or did you buy that graded? You graded uh, it, right? I, I sent this in. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. You want to show some? Yeah, I'm going to show you some that I just got. This, these are recent basketball. Maybe not your your jam here, but uh, I got these while I was at the show. No, I so don't I'm know a lot about. Oh, I got a Oh, uh, Hold on. Let me turn this I crap. I to get the glare off the card. I got to do uh, the virtual background thing. I can turn that off. There you go. Uh, okay, so I'm a big Nuggets guy. Nikola Jokic, rookie, PSA oh, 10, cool. copper prism. Yeah. Uh, so I, when I go to shows, these are number to 49, uh, and I actually bought the 10 and the 9 from a guy. I rarely see Jokic stuff. Um, Got to ask, does the 10 look nicer nicer than the 9? It, I, I couldn't tell the difference. Outside of the, the uh, auto. Ask, yeah. But I mean, when when you have the auto kind of coming off the side there, that to me is worth that's worth a ding. So maybe that's what what it was. Is that is that to you ding at a point? No, card auto, auto shouldn't play any role in condition. Really, even in, even when, in card I, condition, you know, if if that was the auto was great, that might get like an eight or nine, right? Yeah, yeah, the auto grade, but yeah, it doesn't look as nice. But I don't I don't like when the, the auto's graded because I've talked about this if. You can see if an auto's faded or if it's smudged a little bit, and you can just pay a little less for it. But for the most part, I don't, I don't love the auto grid. I don't, I don't like how SGC puts it on there real big. I always talk about that. Yeah, but I think it looks better on PSA slab. It's small. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's my opinion. Um, There's a Michael Porter Nikola Jokic dual immaculate. Cool. Here's a here's my third one of one, Michael. This is so much. This is a guy IPC Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Here's his Spectra 101 rookie. Nice. Tag. What's that? What's that worth? Ah, uh, seven, eight thousand. Oh wow, it's a lot higher than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's basketball still has a pretty good market, huh? You know, I, I. Yeah, it's the one that's been hit the hardest for yeah, sure. It hit hard during the pandemic. It went up a lot, didn't it? It was. It, was it did. Those 2018 Prism hobby boxes. I can't believe what I was selling those for. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I think you and I were talking about that. We killed it on update. You killed it on, on Prism as update, well. Yeah, those were like, yeah, we talked about last time. They were like forty-five bucks during Black Friday, right? Yeah, they were trying, they were trying to get rid of that twenty eighteen update baseball, and that that went up to like nine hundred bucks, right? I don't. It's probably five hundred now, but that's still a lot for that product. It, it really is. When you yeah. consider a, a Soto base and a tens fifty bucks, like we talked about, I don't really see yeah. the value in paying five hundred bucks for that box anymore. No doubt. No doubt. Talk to me then That's about another topic, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Talk to me about where you do see value. I mean, when you, you you mentioned to me offline, like you've been buying a lot. This is an opportunity to buy. What what, what are you focusing on when it comes to buying? Uh, for me, it's always you know if you watch my channel, I'm always buying the same players. I I like yeah. to stick with the classics and the uh, the sets that I know, right? So you know, I'm buying the the Moss Future watches. If I don't post that in a video, people get mad. So I think somebody said one time, have you owned every single one? I was like, no, probably like 500 of them <laughs> or something crazy like that. But um, 
yeah, I'm, you know, like like we talked about before, I'm seeing value in cards that are graded by other companies like BGS 9.5s or BGS 9s that are in auction. You know, I've, a lot of times the auctions go a lot lower than they should. And I've had, we, we've talked about that, like, oh my God, I can't believe what my, some of my auctions are going for. I, I got to ship this out. This guy's getting a steal, but that's kind of yeah. how I look at it. Oh, well, this maybe it's a collector get, getting a steal or buying it for his kid, which is probably not the case very often. But uh, uh, yeah, seeing value in that, um, you know, auctions, you know, um, if, if you're not getting shown. So be careful of that. If you're like, Probstein or whatever. You can have some yeah. Like that, but. Yeah, um, I would say you, auctions, classic mm -hmm. cards, auctions, simple. Okay. Yeah, you 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 know what works, and you're sticking to what you know really well. Do you are you finding uh, opportunities in buying local collections or buying lots of cards uh, on eBay? Like you've done that in the past, I know. Like, that, what do you? That's funny because a couple people reached out to me this week with collections they want me to look at and buy, and that's something that I haven't done a lot, but that's something I think I'm going to venture into. So I haven't, yeah. you know, there's a uh, baseball card collector, investor, dealer. Mm -hmm. what, is that the name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's bought so many collections and he's done so well at that. That's something I probably need to do more of. And um, I'm going to start doing that in the future. Okay. Well, we're going to need to get in Kansas City. I need to get back home and we need to go on a little chasing cardboard adventure together. Go buy a collection. That, be yeah, fun. that'd be fun. You, you could stop by and we could, I don't know, take a look at some of the cards in the vault. Oh, are you a vault guy? Like, are you like not your own vault? Or are you like an eBay vault guy? No, I don't like that. It, I I think you already knew the answer to that. I, I, I don't like that because I don't think like everybody else on some things. Yeah. I want I want to store my own cards. I don't need people doing. I don't pe need people grading for me. Don't need people storing my cards. I'll, I'll do it myself. It's not that hard. Uh, I told you I've got all my best cards at the bank vault, and you, you said I was like a what? 90 year old geezer or something <laughs> and then i've got i've got a vault in my house too so i see the size of your arms you don't need the bank protecting your cards you're gonna be yeah. just fine yeah you never know though yeah that's true that's true what what about selling though i mean you and i we sell a ton and a lot of people that watch bench clear come to get selling advice and strategies you mentioned auctions like we're defaulting to auctions more just to make sure we move stuff what else are you learning with selling are you any other strategies or platforms you're using what what, what can you tell us there okay so something i've done in the last week is uh there's an option on ebay on the app i don't know if you can do it on the actual website if you're on a computer but uh, if you go to your my ebay selling page there's an option that says send offer to buyers right and so yeah. since all my listings are you know the, the ones that aren't options are fixed price with just the price because uh, I don't use the best offer feature because you can just send offers to buyers. So I don't really see the point of that. So I'll send out, you know, 50 offers a night, maybe three of them sell, but it's better than not selling anything. So, you know, you, say you have a card at 50 bucks and you have three people that have shown interest in it. You can send an offer for 40. It might, you, you might get a bite. You might not, but you, it's just a, a way to get uh, push out offers and hit some. There were probably five that I sold this weekend, which I probably sent out 50 or 60, but it's still better than nothing. Um, you know, it's it's tough to sell stuff fixed price right now. Honestly, I can go to the market and go right in the middle of what they've sold for and put my price right there. And it just doesn't get hit. 
and then the market drops further. And that's the problem when you do when you do the fixed price, right? Because the market drops under what your price was. And if you don't, if you're not on yeah. top of it, checking your prices, your cards dropped already, you know, 20%. And then you're just like, then that's the benefit of options, right? Because you, you auction it, it goes at, you know, might go a little lower, but it goes at the market price close at that time. You don't have to deal with that. So that, you mean, there's pros and cons to both ways. And I've seen the uh, rub of both ways Yeah. in the past year, you know. But, um, yeah. Are you, are you seeing, uh, the last couple of weeks been good for you? Are you starting to see it pick up a little bit heading into right, the holiday? Right. That's, that's what we talked about before we started to record. Um, box sales were great the last week, you know, for six weeks or so. I just, the, the boxes I were selling were tops heritage and tops 2021 20, series one hobby for 50 or 60 bucks. Like I wasn't selling any, nothing over $250. Um, but the last yeah. week, it's it's been better, and I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I I feel like around Christmas it it, it gets worse usually, right? And then it yeah. picks up in January because that's yeah. kind of like what I expected. But it might just be a, a good week. I don't know that the hobby could be coming back somewhat. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. People think, oh my gosh, it's holidays. You're going to sell a lot more. It's like it's actually the reverse is true with sports cards. You see less sales less, in my yeah. experience. Yeah. <laughs> There's people buying presents for their family, not a hobby box that they're going to blow $500 on. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. that's what's going to happen when you break a box for $500. You're going to blow $500. You're, you're going to blow about $425, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have an angry wife. No right. doubt. Yeah. That's why, like, if you have hanger boxes in your in your store, you're going to sell a lot of those because they fit in stockings and they're 20 bucks. Right. So. Right. That's That's a great gift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. So in, in your, my eBay selling tab on, on a, not mobile, but on the actual website, there's a send offers to li eligible listings. I think is what it says. Uh, I've been using that for a couple of years now, whenever it was released a year and a half ago. Yeah. How, how have you done with that? Have you made some sales from it? Yeah. I mean, I see that. I don't know how much you discount, but I normally like, I throw out there, Hey, I'll give you to you for 20% off. That's what I would accept it anyway. Here's a 20% coupon. Go buy this. Right. Um, yeah. Um, it, it just depends on the, the the card. You know, some of my stuff's way overpriced because I just don't keep up on it enough and the market drops so much. So I'm just like, yeah. I'll just leave it there. And, it, you know, and what happens a lot with, with, with my listings is like the, the prices I have doesn't mean I have to have that to sell it. Right. It's just like, yeah. that's the price I have in there. Feel free to send me an email and maybe we can work something out. But um, yeah, uh, a lot of times people have reached out and come with the price and I'll say, yeah, that's, or I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll add like 50 bucks on there and then we'll come up with a deal. And then yeah. I, can, I can send that offer to buyer, you know, there's that option. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. It, it is a great feature. People don't use it enough. I, I know. I, every, that. I think that's what two or three years they've had. That. Yeah. That's yeah. A great option. It really is. It hasn't worked as well for me the last six months. Cause I've been defaulting to auctions. I'd rather, like you said, just move it at the market price and be yeah, done with just, it. Yeah, you're, you're sitting on these these cards that you want to get rid of and you're hoping to get, I think you're sitting in fixed price, maybe you'll get 10 or 15% more when you probably should have just ran in an auction. Yeah. The, the only problem with running an auction versus fixed price to me is you can't screen your buyers. Right. And you get you the guys just buy feedback that don't pay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen that. They're uh, uh, Todder logged in place the bid no they're they're toddler logged in and sniped it they right the toddler exactly toddler, right that's how they work but yeah uh, no i've i've seen it all you know 
hospital emergency, car problems, girlfriend left. You know, I've canceled so many items with, and it's it's always people with. Typically, it's less than fifty feedback. Most yeah. times, less than twenty. Yeah, that's where you see that, and it's just people that get get kicked off, and they get a new account, get kicked off. I don't know, I don't understand the point of just buying stuff and never paying and getting kicked off. It's just it's like a weird fetish for people. I know, I don't get it either. I mean, you're not helping your comps that much. I can guarantee you, right. that's what you're trying to do. But yeah, that that's the problem with with the auction. Um, with with the fixed price, you can kind of see if the person's going to pay or not. You, you kind of know, you know, like when. Yeah. I sell a card for over five hundred dollars, and the feedback's less than ten. I'm like, this isn't getting paid for. Yeah, it's a decline. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, what kind of seller are you? Like, when someone with less than ten feedback bids and wins, and then tries to cancel on you, do you let them cancel, or do you let it roll into eBay flagging them four days later? Oh, I always let it roll. I always wait. <laughs> well, you and me how, both. How are they going to learn? If there's no punishment ever, they'll just keep doing it forever. And I don't even know if there is punishment, but I'm, I, I'd like to think there is. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to wait because they're like, this happens a lot. They'll, they'll say, I'm not, I, I can't afford the item, I'm not paying for it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can cancel. And they're like, okay, cancel. And I'm like, I, I have to wait like four days and then I'll cancel. And that, that happens a lot. <laughs> I love it. It's like, but, it's, but honestly, yeah. I, I don't even know. I, I think people can, I don't know how they even kick people off anymore. Like it used to be they'd keep track of strikes and stuff, but I don't know how they do it now. Yeah. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I, I don't want to know. I'm just going to assume they're doing things right and they're punishing people. Right. Like you and I both know they're probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you going to have your best year ever in sports card sales? You were trending towards that earlier in the year. No, no. not definitely. Um, twenty twenty one was my best year. Okay. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, you're right. I was on pace through March. Yeah. And it just it didn't work out. Things things fell off a cliff, and and those. It's it was a tough summer. I think May through July was bad. So yeah. no, definitely not best year. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, maybe second. Okay, right. It's it's not bad. But it was when stuff was selling for 70% more, the same cards, like a Soto, not yeah. to go back to the update again, but it was 250 300 all day, and now it's 60 bucks. So yeah. when you continue yeah. putting cards like that in auction, you're getting so much less for your cards, and it's just harder to add up the, uh, the revenue. Yeah, well, it's not like you can just go 5X the volume, right? It, right. You only have one of you. It's not only one of me. So You have to find a uh, clone. That's right. We're working on it. Um, how much money have you lost in crypto? I'm kidding. Oh. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you know I don't do crypto. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that why you asked that? Uh, it's just, uh, I just want to see your reactions. To me, th those are priceless. Um, so tell me your the biggest mistake that comes to mind in the hobby. Like, what, If you could redo one thing, what would it be right oh, now? God, this is easy. Okay. Uh, sold my LeBron James cards about a year and a half ago. You wish you wouldn't have done that. No, I wish I would have. Oh, okay. You're still oh hiding <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I definitely made a big mistake. I thought they were going to keep going up. And now I'm kind of waiting. Mm, Maybe okay. Boom, but they're like two and 10, but he's going to get the all 10 points. I don't know if that would do anything. I don't know. It might take a while for them to bounce back. So I, might, I don't think they'll ever get back to where they were, 
Yeah. I would take 20 to 25% jump to move some more of them. Okay. But yeah, that was a big, big mistake. But again, I couldn't see the future on that one either. Yeah. That to me seems like a mistake that will eventually fix itself. Should, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it'll ever get back to where it was. Like Kobe cards, where they were. I don't think they're ever going to those prices. But I, I, I think they will come back some. You know, yeah. a lot of his stuff's pretty low right now. His oh. PS10 rookies, yeah. um, you know, his tops, his upper deck, the ones that most pe- some people can afford, not like the crazy ones, but yeah, they're pretty low, you know, compared to where they were. And they're, yeah. but, but they're still higher than the end of 2019, like we were talking about. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm a big believer in basketball going forward. I think basketball is the one area where I think it's just going to naturally move higher because it got hit so hard. Right. Yeah. Especially guys like LeBron who they just, they didn't do themselves any favors by everything they were saying on social media. It's like, man, you're screwing all of us collectors, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the politics out of it. But I think he wants to be a a figure in politics. So he's got to do what he's got to do, I guess. Whatever, yeah, exactly. Give me a give me a couple of players that you really like, guys that you think people should be looking at closer, and maybe there's some opportunities there. Not as you know, collecting, investing, whatever, but there's always opportunities. Uh, now. You know, th- this past summer, I I got into uh, Bowman Chrome Baseball prospecting oh. just for fun. I didn't really buy anything that expensive, but I was just having fun with it. And uh, there's a shortstop. Well, there's two shortstops for the Rockies right now that I think okay. both could end up being pretty good players. Um, Tovar. Okay. Ezekiel Tovar and Adel Amador. Um, Tovar actually played about ten games, I think this this September. And Amador, I think he topped out in Double A, but he had like a three hundred on base, four ten or three hundred average, four ten on base in Double A as a twenty year old. Um, so that's you know I've, I had a lot of fun just looking at prospects, and that's a venture that. <laughs> you can really get kicked hard in, but I wasn't really going crazy <laughs> on any card. I was just having fun buying like base autos and a couple of golds here and there. But those are a couple of uh, young players that I like in baseball. And they'll probably both end up being $5 autos. <laughs> right now they look like they're going to be pretty good. But in, in baseball, if you get called up and you don't go crazy, then your stuff just goes way down and they, and you move to the next 18 year old. And then yep. OP, OP Stroud, which you won't be, but that's, it is pretty fun looking at the uh, prospects in baseball. I don't know why. Yeah. To me, that's like that's stepping back before everything inflated and going back to the way the Hobbit used to be. Like I loved prospecting three or four years ago. I felt like it was viable and then it became not viable anymore because everybody was like 60 bucks a card. And now, now you think it's better now? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can get a decent prospect for 15 bucks now. Yeah. yeah. That is fun. I enjoy that as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see how guys like Mike Trout, uh, maybe Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, those guys that have fallen off a lot, how how they can project their cards better in pricing the next few years. Yeah, I think uh, Soto's definitely going to bounce back. And, yeah. You know, I, I think he's going to have a better season in 2023, and his his cards will come back. I don't know yeah. how far, but I, I definitely see his coming back. Trout, I mean, obviously he's one of the greatest players ever. But um, I don't know how much it matters that they can't go to the, they don't do anything in the playoffs ever. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's ever even been on a team never. that won a playoff series. Nope, right? never. Yeah, right. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's 
might be important going forward because when you look at all these classic players, Jordan, Brady, Jordan six, Brady seven, Trout zero. I think I, I think it might matter in the, in the long run. Great player individually, just never on a team that was that good. Yeah, it's like people have to how important that is in the hobby. And I don't think you can value Trout's cards on the same level as like Jordan and Brady when he's got zero rings, but collectors might see it differently. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. I think it's going to come back to haunt him, and that'll probably always cap his prices. I mean, they get they took a hit hard. They got kicked hard. Yeah, how much are they down? Fifty. Uh, yeah, I think from yeah. peak, from peak, easily fifty. But even beginning a season, probably down forty to fifty. Why? Well, I I got to ask. What do you feel about uh, Tatis right now? Um, I think he's a buy. I think he's a buy. Yeah. yeah. If I can find good deals on Tatis, I'm buying him. Yeah, I think what happened with them was going to haunt his hobby for his whole career. You think so? Definitely. And I think um, hmm. stuff down what fifty percent since yep. since he got and since he got caught with it, right? It's about fifty yep. percent. If he comes out and doesn't play well, his stuff is going to go down so much. Done. Well, that's true. You know, because people are going to be waiting. They're going to want Tatis to be as good or better to offset the the uh, steroids, right? If he comes yep. out, he's like pretty good. It's not going to, it won't help that. It's going to hurt his hobby a lot. That's fair. People, I, I also, yeah, go ahead. Look at Bonds, greatest hitter of all time. Cards aren't the most, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Bonds, I know. Bonds is the guy that was obvious. His head got huge from the steroids and the huge. Right. Well, I'm serious. And then like guys like Tatis, like he looks kind of muscular, but is he telling the truth? Maybe, but a lot of people will say, no, he's a liar cheater and they won't think twice about it. Some people will give him the benefit of the doubt, but that's half the collectors. Probably they're going to drop off. So you have to think about Okay. That. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. That's, I mean, I tend to think that, collectors and then sports card investors have short, very short memories with that right. type of stuff. So hopefully it'll fix itself, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll, you take, you strip away 20, 30% of the people that were interested in him. And that's yeah. a, that's a big, collect a player that's tied to steroids. There's definitely purists like that. That would not collect yeah. people that don't want Conseco rookies. <laughs> I like the 86 Don Russ personally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting take. I didn't, I didn't even think about that affecting it long term. Do you think that's that's why Astros players will never ever see value they should? I mean, Altuve should be priced astronomically high, and he's nothing. Um, th that's that's probably it. You know, there's a large uh, a segment of people that will always view them as cheaters and will not buy their cards. Yeah, that cuts out. I don't know, 20 or 30% again of people that would buy those cards and hence they sell lower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, cool, man. What's your Holy Grail? What's your Grail card that you don't have yet that you want to have? I think I might've asked you this, but I don't remember man, what you said. Probably said it last time. Uh, Mantle 52, right? Okay. And I would, I would want like a three that was centered. Okay. Probably. <laughs> Well, that centered decent, not like dead center. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, you know, 
I want the trout Bowman Chrome Gold. Oh, we're just talking about Trout's values, yeah. <laughs> but I've always wanted that card. I don't know why, and I just haven't been able to get that one. Um, Griffey doesn't have any really crazy ones that I would I would need. Oh, Platinum Medallion Griffey. I know it's not the most valuable card, but those are yep. so hard to get. I don't I don't have any Platinum Medallion Griffies. <clears throat> really? Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of look on eBay. If there's even any available? No, Probably there's, not. There's not. What What about you? Uh, well, funny enough, I mentioned this and oh, I didn't even see the video, but we were out in Toronto and the 94 Upper Deck Mantle Griffey Dual That's Auto awesome. to me is one of the coolest cards ever. Yeah, that um, awesome. yeah I, I love that. I, I actually like the Steph Curry Chrome Refractor. I just I love yeah. Curry stuff. Um, what is that like 20,009? I don't, I have no idea. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. More? And then nine, it's, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd say 15 to 20. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. That like the basketball stuff, like the early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah, that's 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 the stuff that I love in in baseball and football. Football. I don't know why I buy so many football cards. <laughs> just a. I just know those sets so well. I'm just used to it. Yeah, I always uh, try to buy more basketball and hockey, and then I end up like searching random running backs from the two thousands. I'm like, what am I buying more Stephen Jacksons? <laughs> He was a good player, though. People he was a good player. In the comment section. Good player, probably Hall of Famer, right? You think Steven Jackson's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Look huh. at look at um backs now. They're not going to produce. They're You got like three backs right now, I'd say, have a chance to be Hall of Famers. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, maybe Jonathan Taylor. But, I mean, backs just aren't not around. They don't put up the stats anymore. I think Jackson had seven straight thousand yard seasons, probably totaled 90 touchdowns, 14,000 total yards. I mean, tell me some players now that are going to do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, that's the, that's why I say that, you know, it's a pass happy league. Although there are some backs putting up some stats this year, but um, it's just going to be hard to compile numbers like that. And we need to talk about Frank Gore getting into, because that makes people mad. And I'm like, Third all time in rushing at the toughest one of the toughest positions. How is he not a Hall of Famer? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's hard to go out there every year, year after year, in your thirties and put up eight hundred yards, thousand yards. How is he not a Hall of Famer? That's consistency. Yeah, you've had some big Frank Gore cards come across your your wire over the years. Right, right. The uh, Spectrum SPX, the twenty five and a ten. That's a sweet one. Yeah, I uh, I clicked a Drew Bledsoe. He was my guy growing up. And a, a friend of mine here locally just texted he's a good me. Player too. He's a good player. Yeah, he's he's actually still very collectible in the hobby. Um, he sent me a picture. He found this in his collection. He's like, "Hey, you got to come out and buy this from me." A '98 Star Rubies. Oh, that's awesome. So those, are, those never come up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be picking that up in a couple weeks. I think. How much is that? He did. He told me to come up with the price. I don't even know. What would you, off the top of your head, think a Star Ruby's blood cell would go for? What's it out of? 30? 50 out of 50. Uh, 200? 300? Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was I mean, thinking. He, was, he, was a, he was a good player. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. What, what receiver and what quarterback in football, since I know you know football really well, that's playing right now, are you, you like, dude, this is a guy you got to put money in? For me, it's Justin Jefferson as a receiver. Every game, I'm like, this dude is so stinking good. 
He's going to lead the league in receiving for so uh, many years. Yeah, I think Tyreek Hill's on a Hall of Fame path right now. Yeah, that's true. He's on pace for like 2,000 yards this year receiving. Insane. And uh, honestly, if he had like after this year, if he had two more good seasons, he'd probably get in the Hall of Fame because he was so explosive or is so explosive. Yeah. So Tyreek Hill, I mean, you can't argue with Jefferson, too. He's really compiling. Diggs for the Bills is really compiling some numbers. I, I think he's got like close to 9,000 yards receiving, which Dang. is not all worthy. And, you know, you, you need to get to like 13 or 14 now and be a standout player. Yeah. Kelsey, uh, maybe Kelsey. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll be Hall of Fame. Yeah. No Kelsey question. Quarterback. Um, some of those 2020 quarterbacks are pretty intriguing. Uh, Herbert. Herbert and Burrow. Which one of those two would you take right now? If, if I had to buy his cards and yeah. hold them forever. Forever. Oh, <laughs> they had to go to your bank vault. <laughs> Probably Burrow because I don't think uh, the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl ever. I'm just being honest. Um, I can see the Bengals going back and possibly winning it, but I just don't see the Chargers doing it. But I don't know how much that'll matter. I, I don't. How how important is it going to the Super Bowl and winning? I mean, look I at Brady. He's got seven rings and his stuff's down forty percent. Yeah, well, that, that that's important? like do, does Josh Allen have to win a Super Bowl to keep his hobby, or can he just keep throwing thirty-five touchdowns, rushing for five, and being twelve and five or thirteen and four, like and dropping in the second round of the playoffs? Like, how important is it? How important is po- I've, I've I've always wondered about that. How important is postseason success to long term hobby values? And it definitely plays a role. But um, like I I always thought Breeze needed that second or third ring to keep his hobby you know up there. And now that his hobby's fallen off so much, I, I think it's just like an out of sight, out of mind type of deal. Yeah, coinciding with the decline in the hobby, those two factors just hammering his cards down. Um, Roger stuff is down a lot. He's he's got what he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, right? Top five, right? right. He's coming off back to back MVPs, and we're right. like nothing having a, having a bad stretch, so nobody wants his cards anymore. It's just it's weird. Yeah, people are very uh, wishy washy. You know, they, they might want to invest in Taylor Heineke, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm right. His, his stuff was probably going crazy last night. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Unfortunately, you're probably I've right. I've seen it so often with these quarterbacks, these guys that have a couple of good games and people go crazy for them. Yeah. Everybody wants to catch the next big thing. But yeah, they know well, they're, not, they're not catching it. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the next big thing is there's no next big thing right now. Every big thing has kind of just gotten kicked in the old sack. And so we're it's like, what do you do? You just keep grinding it, right? We keep grinding it out. Keep, keep grinding, I guess. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> well, you are one of the best at grinding it out. Uh, for folks that have not checked out your channel, Elite Code 3, check it out. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. Any other final words, man? Any other words of wisdom for those that have hung around an hour with us? Um, just go out, go out and have, have fun in the hobby. You know, it doesn't always have to be about the, the investing. I think I said this last time, the investing, yeah. your, your bottom line, how much your stuff's selling for. Go out and find cards that you like, cards that you enjoyed as a kid. That's I had the most fun when I buy sets from like 1987 to 2005. That's when I was, you know, 
three years old to 21. Those are the, the time when I had the most fun and I had a lot of fun in the hobby. And it, at, in those times of my life, it wasn't about investing, making money. I was just, you know, getting the card in, flipping around, checking out the stats, uh, learning about the player, watching the game. It was, it was just for fun, you know, but yeah, a lot of the fun gets taken away because of yeah. uh, one thing and it's money and greed. And that's, that's what happens in all aspects of life. I think not just the hobby. Okay. It just got real deep real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <It did. laughs> well, your phone is buzzing. Hopefully that's eBay bids or buy it in our yeah, offers or something. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. I'm just kidding with you. Uh, you are you an 87, 86, baby? When were you born? 84. You're 84? Okay, so I'm 83. All right, so I'm your elder. It's good to know. Uh, yeah, by, by a year, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, thank you for jumping on and spending another hour. We need to make sure it's not 10 months that we do this yeah, again. Yeah, one in uh, three, three or four. I love it. Uh, you're going to have tons of comments and I know people love, love your stuff. So thanks for what you do in the hobby, man. I appreciate it. All right, Ty. All right, brother. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Later.